Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and we are back for season two of the Sanctuary Radio Show. So welcome to the sanctuary. Today we are talking about a topic I've recently been studying and it's called Tantra. And my guest is Prandara Prem, an international tantric holistic therapist, relationship and sexuality coach, ordained interfaith minister, Reiki master, and rebirther. So I want to hear about what all that means. Okay. <laughs> she earned a master's degree in counseling psychology here in the U.S. and a postgraduate degree in transpersonal therapy in Brazil, which is where she also lives, plus a certification as a shamanic medicine woman. And I want to talk about shamanism because I'm, I'm still studying that and trying to understand that. And she's a certif- she has a certification as a tantric therapist and rebirther and a certified relationship and sexuality coach. So that's a lot. <laughs> that is Welcome. A lot. Thank you. Thank Welcome you for to the me. sanctuary. So we've been talking about getting this getting you here for many months now. So I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for bearing with us with these technology issues, but you know, that's how it goes. That's (laughs) how it goes. So we're all good. So for any of you who are joining us, who are on Facebook, please ask any questions you have and give us, give me some thumbs up and some hearts and everything so that I know that you are watching because we can't tell. So just let us know that you're here. Um, so let's talk about Tantra first. And then I also want to talk about uh, Prandara. She also is an expatriate of the United States living in Brazil, which is amazing, which is awesome. So I want to talk about that. But because Tantra is so um, all, you know, so broad, I really want to start there. So I want to start there and I just want to talk about my experience. So I started off with Tantra because, you know, for anybody who listens to my show or has any experience with me at all, you know, that I suffered for many, many years with female issues, had surgeries and all these types of things and nothing was helping. Changed my diet, exercise. I did all the things that doctors and holistic doctors and energy doctors told me to do and still nothing was helping. So I was um, I was introduced to Tantra. Now, in my mind, I just thought Tantra was just straight sex. Right. And I could see like um, photos of ancient people in very 
sexual positions. Kama that's that, yeah, Kama Sutra and all those types of things. So I was like, mm, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But then I started taking a class. So I started a class in March and it was a 12 week class. Shout out to my teacher, um, Emmanuel Taylor, for introducing me. So I took level one mm-hmm. of Tantra and I learned so much about myself and about my body. And, and so I feel like now I walk through the world with a whole different lens right. about my humanness. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, sex has a part, plays a part. But just my humanness and how I'm connected to the world or how I'm disconnected Mm -hmm. from the world. Mm -hmm. So tell me how you became a Tantra um, teacher and a little bit about your journey that brought you to that point. Right. You know, and it's so interesting. I want to touch base on what you were saying about, you know, when you heard about Tantra, you vision the the sex positions right and so here in the u.s in the western world when we hear tantra we automatically think about sex Mm -hmm. tantric sex why is that because we have so much repression so much repression when it comes to sex you know we grow up hearing that sex is wrong it's a sin it should only be for procreation so that's the only thing we think about correct but tantra is so much more they, we do have tantric sex, but that's like 5% of what tantra is. Right. There's a whole nother 95%. And tantra comes about to help you to become present, mm-hmm. focused, and aware of your body. Yes. And so, and it's also about learning to become more intimate, how to have more intimate connections with other people. And so, a lot of my work as a psychotherapist, my background as a psychotherapist, I love Tantra because it works at really getting at those blockages, Mm -hmm. the traumas that's in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, we have traumas stored in our bodies, in our cellular DNA. Mm -hmm. You know, so not just from us, but our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, and especially people of African descent, African-Americans here or Afro-Brazilians, what have you, because of the slavery um, background where our ancestors have been beaten, raped, you know, all of those traumas, it stays in our cellular DNA. People don't realize that. No. And so through my work with rebirthing, and, and Tantra, it's a lot of, if you look at any of my, my, my videos or, or pictures online, people look funny because <laughs> yeah. they're like shaking yeah. and screaming and, and people are like, what's going on? But we're doing a lot of body work to release. Mm-hmm. And there's a great book mm-hmm. by um, Peter Levine. Uh, it's called something like Awaken the Tiger from Within. Okay. And he, he, he's a specialist on trauma and he talks about how we hold trauma in our bodies. Mm-hmm. But the animals in the wild, like the tiger, they shake. Okay. And when they're shaking, they're releasing those traumas that's in their bodies. But we don't do that. So if you look at if you have pets, cats and dogs, mm-hmm. they shake a lot. They're moving. Right. So they're also releasing traumas. And so... Um, when I started working with Tantra, a lot of our workshops, our activities is shaking, okay. yelling, screaming, releasing, Okay, you know, mm-hmm. Tantric massage is also helping you to learn how to touch and be present with your body. Right. You know, so many people, we grow up in a world where we're learning about sexuality through porn. Uh, right. And so men learn through porn. And so they don't know how to touch a woman. Right. We don't know how to connect. And so through Tantra, you're learning how to build that intimacy, how to connect without the end goal of having sex. Right. You know, right. sex is great. Well, well so that's one but, of the things that I've been, you know, that I've been learning through my integrative training, too, is that 
especially in the West, we are affection starved. Oh my God. We're affection uh. starved. You you just don't necessarily get a hug or an authentic you know, feeling a touch from another human being unless they are ready for sex. Exactly. So a lot of w- wives are affection starved and pr- probably husbands too because mm-hmm. they're going to get that tap on the shoulder. It's not going to be to snuggle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not- it's going to be for sex. So mm-hmm. a lot of us are affection starved. So it's very important to give authentic hugs. So like I went to my school's homecoming this weekend and I was very... um intentional about not trying to do them side hugs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted the full heart to heart, you know, real touching, real hugging. Luckily for me and my sorority, they, our big sisters taught us to hug. They like, don't give us them fake hugs. Right. So I learned to just give like a good embrace, you know, and, and let it sit for a minute because people are, um, uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, with embracing people. Yeah. So Yes. And doesn't it feel good? It feels when, good. When I first, I, I started living in a Tantra commune. And when I first got there, Tantra, oh my God. God. No, when I first got there, we would give those hugs and we would okay. hug each other, which felt like 30 minutes. Right. You know, it would be a long hug. And at first I was like, oh, oh my God, like get away. But then when you're holding, you start to melt and it feels good. And mm-hmm. what happens it's been proven that when you hug someone for like three minutes, mm-hmm. it increases the oxytocin levels. Mm-hmm. The oxytocin levels helps you to feel good. Right. You know, it's the feel good hormone. The pleasure center. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so through touch, and this is one of the things in Brazil, when I moved to Brazil, everyone is touching. Mm-hmm. So this is like, why are we sitting so far away from <laughs> right. each other? And right. they're hugging you. And at first I thought, these guys are interested in me, right. but they weren't. Right. They just, they're just touchy feely. And That's I'm like, the culture. here, we don't touch each other. We mm-hmm. don't touch enough. Mm-hmm. And so Tantra is a lot about that eye contact, looking Absolutely. into each other's eyes. Cause this is a meridian, isn't it? Like a meridian of yes. health. So just eye to eye. That's why people can't look each other no. in the eye. Cause it's very uncomfortable because the energy exchange. And they say the eye is the seat of the soul, right. what you're really seeing into that person. Right, and it's But not only are you singing to that person, you sing yourself because we're mirrors of each other, right? True that. And so that's how, when you're doing these tantric activities, you're looking into each other's eyes, you're touching, you're making connections, mm-hmm. and we're learning how to be present in our bodies mm-hmm. and how to really connect with other people. Mm-hmm. And tantra has so many different meanings, but one of the meanings is weave of connections. Weave of connections, yes. okay. Weave of connections. Yes. Okay, so now where did you grow up? You grew up in the United States, right? I grew up in the United States. So I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. And my parents are my parents are Haitian. Okay. So I grew up to Haitian parents okay. who were Catholic. So I grew up Catholic. Had that Catholic guilt. Yes, ma'am. Moved to Florida, then moved to the D.C. area. Okay. And so I lived most of my adult life here in the D.C. area and okay. started my private practice here as a psychotherapist. Okay. So now you knew that what was going on within you that made you, that attracted you to uh, to these types of modalities? Yeah. And what did your mama say? <laughs> right. My whole family thinks this is crazy. Yeah. They're like, Tantra, what? Right. Like, what are you doing? And they just think it's about sex. sex. And, you know, and so I remember the first time I, I put a video about Tantra, my sister calls me up. She's like, they're naked. You have, they're, you're working with them and they're naked. I'm like, yes. But what... What are you doing for protection? I'm like, I'm not having sex with them. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? And so, but so many of us, we have that with um, with nakedness, with bodies. We're so repressed. So for me particularly, 
I grew up in a Catholic family, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be this good child to wait until I got married mm -hmm. and not have sex because I, my parents would know and they would kill me and I just had all this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college was the first time I actually had sex. Okay. And when I was in the relationship, my boyfriend thought I had been raped or abused because I had so much pain. Yeah. I couldn't enjoy it. And it was because of all of that repression, all of that guilt in me. I couldn't allow myself to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the gynecologist and she couldn't do anything. She was just like, oh, try different positions, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm trying different positions, but it's still hurting. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get to the root of why I was having this pain. Okay. You know, and it was a series of things. I've always had um, irregular menstruation cycles from the time that I started, 11, 12 years old, a lot of pain. At 15, my doctor was recommending to go on birth control pills, but I didn't want to go on birth control pills at that time. You know, so, so many different things. And just growing up in this masculine energy of world, a patriarchal system, right. I was constantly taught to do, do, do. You have to be successful. You have to do this, have to hustle. And so I just had so much anxiety. Right. And um, so, but these are not things you talk to your family about. You got to right. be strong. Right, right, You right. know, so I'm not talking to my family about, oh, I have painful sex. I'm stressed. And, you know, and so... I decided to go to a natu naturopathic doctor, and she's like, you can't go on like this. Like, right. you need to do something. And I happened to read Eat, Pray, Love. Okay. And that was because one of my clients told me she was reading the book. Okay. And I was like, okay, let me read this so I can understand my client better. Right. And after I read it, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Right. And I closed down my private practice, and I decided for a year, I'm going to go to India and then Argentina to, to study Spanish. Wow. And um, that Argentina ended up being going to in Ecuador, Colombia, Chile, and then Brazil. Wow. And when I got to Brazil, I just fell in love with Brazil, the culture, the people, just how loving they are. And, you know, they, they know you, they connect. And it's like, if you're gone, if you're traveling for two, three days, you come back to the grocery store and they're like, where have you been? Oh, wow. And they call you by your name. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and so, and they hug you and they touch you. And it was it was just something I never got in the U.S., mm -hmm. you know. And so it was just like, oh, my God. Right. You feel good. It's interesting even just the cultural change. So I was raised in Jersey mm -hmm. and, and and my parents were raised in the South. So my, mm -hmm. Both my parents were raised in Virginia. Yes. My mom in particular was raised on the eastern shore of Virginia. So right. when my sister and I were little, we'd sit on the porch and just throw up our hand. It was a joke to us right. because there the culture is you speak to everybody. Mm -hmm. You They know you and you know them right. and you go to their house when somebody passes and you bring a cake and all that. Now, in New Jersey, we didn't do that, mm -hmm. right? You can't even look at somebody's So me, me and my sister, we would be thinking, it's hilarious. Hey. And we'd be like, granddaddy, who was that? You know. So then I went to college in Virginia, and I got the same kind of love. But they would tell us, us up, they used to call us the up top people. Y'all y'all from up top, because y'all mm -hmm. have that, like, because we just didn't. It took some time for me to learn how to hug. Mm -hmm. So go to work in Harlem first job out of college and I'm on the train like hey yes but then I knew I had to like pull it back in because mm -hmm. people were thinking I was crazy right and then I maybe wasn't safe because right. I'm a 22 year old in Harlem at 10 o'clock at night leaving mm -hmm. the Apollo you know what I'm saying right so I had to like pull it back in but I really enjoyed being with my grandparents and saying hey mm -hmm. 
I really enjoy being in college at Virginia State University and people giving me hugs and people like knowing my name right. and all that kind of stuff. So it's just our culture. We're hustling, we're bustling, we're moving so fast. And so from my studies, just level one, you know, just real easy breezy. Um, I learned that we're so disconnected mm -hmm. from our humanness. Yes. yes. So talk we some more are. about that. We are, you know, unfortunately, it's almost like we're programmed to be robotic. Yes. You know, so you have to do this, you have to do that. We're not feeling. We're not, we don't know what we sense. And that was one of the things that I went through. I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't right. know where my stress was in my body. Right. And so it affects all of our organs. You know, so our our liver, for example, holds anger, our mm -hmm. kidneys, fear. Mm -hmm. And so when we're not connected, it causes these different issues, kidney stones, urinary problems, you know. And so our entire body is connected to to our feelings, but we're so numb mm -hmm. that we don't know what we're feeling. Right. And so Tantra works a lot with connecting to your body, connecting to the organs, connecting to the chakras that's within us, mm -hmm. you know, to, to balance the different emotions, the different states, the different meridians that's throughout our body so that we can be help, healthy, happy, right. you know, balanced lives. So I think that a lot of times we're taught here to be strong. So just like you yes. said, you didn't want to tell anybody because you wanted to be strong. So have you been following it all? And I just saw it for five minutes because I don't even watch the news, how Meghan Markle mm -hmm. said that she's pretty much, she's stressed out mm -hmm. and everybody's coming after her. Right. She's supposed to be a part of the monarchy. She's supposed to not tell these things. It's like almost a repeat of, of Princess Diana. If you ever look at her face, she looked miserable yes. the entire time, yes. you know? Mm -hmm. And so they're giving her heat, you know, first because she's a black woman, they're giving her heat. Yeah. But then this just gives it more fuel to the yes. fire. So it's like when you say that you're stressed out and when you say that um, something doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. you know, we are moving towards where they say check on your strong friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're taking baby steps, which right. is all beautiful. But still, a lot of times within families or, or friend structures, people don't people don't want to you know, talk admit about how it. they're feeling. They don't want to admit it's, it's a weakness. and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then for us black women who have on that cape, you mm -hmm. know, we're like the strong black woman, black don't crack. But for those of you who've been in the sanctuary before, you know, I had, um, a doctor on who Dr. Kalita Forbes, and she talked about, yeah, black does crack. Yes. And physiologically we are eight years older Mm -hmm. than our white counterparts mm -hmm. because of the stress. Mm -hmm. And then I had Dr. Jasmine Abrams on to talk about, you know, there is, it's like the, the strong black woman syndrome. Mm -hmm. And if we don't face it, we can't heal it. Right. Right. Exactly. And so you can be stressed out. So what I'm learning after the Tantra is like, I have a different lens now, emotional mm -hmm. discharge. Yes. And, um, and so like you were saying, the animals, they get up, they shake it off and they do whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm learning and I'm letting my daughter do the same thing. You know, people call it a tantrum. My daughter's almost 17. She'll be 17 in two weeks. But she had a situation that she was so upset that she just burst into tears in public mm -hmm. and would not like calm down for like three minutes. Right. I had other moms that were watching. But I just let her have that emotional discharge mm -hmm. because she needed, she needed it. That. And I'm sitting there telling them. She needs that mm -hmm. because otherwise it'll be repressed into her body. Exactly. And then she'll be an hour or two 
three months from now, still having carried that and trapped that in her body, but she got it out and she went on about her business. Exactly. <laughs> and we learned, you know, we learned that, okay, if someone in our family passes away and the child is crying, the parent automatically says, don't cry, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, allow them to cry. Mm-hmm. Allow that child to cry. And when I lived in a Tantra commune, I remember we did an act- activity and I cried for three days straight. Right. And no one was like coming to me and saying, oh, it's going to be okay. They just allowed me to cry, okay. you know, and just release. And so that's one of the things that I love about the tantric work is it's really allowing you to feel. It's not, there's no repression in any sense. And okay. it's a matriarchal um, mm-hmm. tradition, mm-hmm. philosophy, mm-hmm. you know? Of course. And so, <laughs> and because women are natural healers, mm-hmm. and so we're naturally tantric, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, it's, it's interesting, like, a lot of the work, a lot of the work that we do is about releasing, shaking. So as I was saying, it's just shaking a lot of the, the meditations. It's shaking, yelling, screaming, cathartic work. Okay. You know? Um, so yes, like the animals in the wild, they shake, they release that traumas, but humans don't do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's one of the things that I love about trauma and so about Tantra is for me because I didn't know how to be in a relationship. I didn't know how to have connections Mm -hmm. because, you know, my family, it was about, okay, making money so that we can survive and put food on the table and, and, you know, eat, get get dressed, go to college. So it was all about surviving. It wasn't about let's show love, let's teach how to be in a relationship. And so, you know, I started noticing these different patterns in my relationships, you know, with the painful sex, not connecting, arguing all the time. And so when when living in Brazil, I found Tantra. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing to learn that, okay, there is a way to have connections with other people. Mm-hmm. There is a way to learn how to connect, hugging people, mm-hmm. and it feels good to hold, making the eye contact, mm-hmm. and learning how to be open. And it's basic stuff that we're taught, I mean, that we are born to do, and then when you're one and two, your parents are like, stop touching that, exactly, or don't do that, right. or don't go there, or stop running, or right. whatever. And so then you just like, whoa, whoa, can't do anything, mm-hmm. you yes. know? And in school as well, they teach oh, you, my goodness. they really cut down your intuition. It's like, okay, you just have, you have to be able to prove this, rationalize everything. And so you, you, you can't be weak. You can't cry. You can't do this, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you just grow up. Can't, can't, can't. No, no, no. Right, right. So let's talk about your experience in the commune and where was it? Mm-hmm. And what did you all, like, what was the day in the life of Prandara in a Tantra commune. <laughs> that was interesting. So um, a lot of my friends thought I was in a cult. Yeah, I'm <laughs> They sure. just couldn't understand that, right? Yeah. But it was actually amazing because um, living in the, t- the Tantra commune, we woke up, did Tantric yoga every morning, 7 a.m. Then we worked um, in the commune in terms of, you know, taking care of making sure. Is all women? Men and women. Okay. Men and women. Okay. Um, so it was great. This is, this is in... <laughs> in Brazil. In Brazil. So this was okay. in Minas Gerais, Brazil, which is um, not far from Sao Paulo. Okay. Um, and so, you know, so we had this 
this routine structure and everything was in the commune. We didn't really leave, leave the commune um, unless we wanted to, like, you know, go shopping or whatever. Okay. But for the most part, we were there. So we would work, um, do tantric yoga in the morning. Then we would go in and work on the commune, cooking, cleaning, just keeping everything organized. Then 530, we would have meditation. Okay. And active meditation. Then have leisure time, do whatever. And then we'd have a meditation at night, 9 p.m., or do tantric massage. Okay. So we would always do a tantric massage where one week we would receive, another week we would give. Okay. And so, and it was really good because it was just so much body work. Yeah. We were learning how to connect to our body. Our entire body is orgasmic. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, our body goes to sleep. Because we don't pay attention. We're not touching. Like you were saying earlier, we're touch-deprived. Right. But we can have pleasure. We can have orgasms from our, our arms, our face, mm -hmm. our nose, ears, feet, hands, our entire body. Shane is oh. like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine having so much pleasure without even having to have sex, like just from touch. Right. And so with the tantric massage, it's awakening your your the bioelectricity that's within your body mm -hmm. so that you can feel more pleasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's since you like to read books, there's another guy named William Reich that talks about um, the function of the orgasm and sexuality and um, spirituality. Okay. And so he's really, really, really good. And he talks a lot about the bioelectricity within the body. And so um, actually four women having orgasms at the same time can actually turn on a light bulb. And so there was a study where he, he saw this, you mm -hmm. know. And so, you know, what happens, we become conditioned, you know, through watching porn and all of these different things that we just focusing on just having sex and touching the genitals and the rest of our body goes to sleep. Right. So you were talking about sexual energy. So in my studies, before my studies, mm -hmm. but it was a seed that was planted for me. I took my daughter to an uh, an entrepreneur class for children, for, for mm -hmm. teens, right? Yes. And so this was just like a few years ago. And the teacher said that creative energy is sexual energy. Yes. And I was like, why are you telling my baby that? <laughs> you know, like, but I had never heard that concept mm -hmm. before. And as he started to explain it, I was like, he was like, because he, he was talking to teenagers. He wasn't telling them to go out and have sex because mm -hmm. you still have to have some safety. You know, there's still boundaries you have to have as a young person with that. But he was like, use the energy mm -hmm. to get your homework done. Yes. Use the energy to do your projects or to come up with the entrepreneurial pursuits that you mm -hmm. have. Exactly. And I was already an entrepreneur at that time, a new one, but I was like, I'd never heard of that. To use, to harness sexual energy to push your creative endeavors mm -hmm. forward. So I started, you know, I was already studying things. This was just another little seed. But then because I have so many, have so many womb issues, mm -hmm. the sacral chakra was one that I was always, that I knew was blocked. Right. I did my um, womb sauna, you know, heal the womb intensive. I forget what the true name of it is. I did, um, I did, what do you call it? Acupuncture. Acupuncture. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done all those things, but then I was just like, I had never considered the energetic part of it. Right. I had never, cause I did, I stopped eating. I did all those things, but now I'm moving to the energetic part of it. And then, so talk to us about that. Like, 
How does that happen? Because what, you know, what I know it now, but I want you to explain it to the audience. It's like when you are in orgasm, you are closest to the creator. Oh my God, yes. And some religious spiritual systems and value systems will tell you going to hell if you believe Mm -hmm. that. So let's talk about that. Yes, yes. So when you think about it, when you're in your state of orgasm, you're in your purest state. You're not thinking about anything. Right. You're not worrying. You're not in a state of anxiety. Your mind is just in bliss. And that's what nirvana is. That's mm-hmm. when you're, you're able to actually connect to the creator and hear divine messages from the creator. Right. You know, and so that our sexual energy, yes, is creative energy. And that's that energy that we can use to create whatever you want, to manifest whatever you want. And so... You know, I'm always telling people when their sexual energy is blocked Mm -hmm. to do creative work, Mm -hmm. to write poetry, to dance, to write, you know, to write music, whatever it is, because they are connected. Right. You know, and so uh, so many people in, in my belief is that when you when you look at Christianity, they talk to you and they say that that sexual energy is bad, Mm -hmm. that when you're having sex is bad, because that's the way of dominating and controlling us. Right. And they know when you go into the, there's esoteric teachings, Mm -hmm. and what's the one that's more profound? Um, um, I can't think of it right now. Esoteric, maybe? So anyway, so a lot of times they know that the sexual energy is the most powerful energy there is. Mm -hmm. Without that, none of us would be here. Nothing would exist. That's why I never could understand. Right. So it's the most powerful. And so it's like, okay, so if everyone was seated in their power, was rooted in their power, oh my God. Right. (laughs) We wouldn't need to buy drugs because we would be happy. So we wouldn't need medicine. We wouldn't be spending all this money to buy Louis Vuitton purses is a BMW, a Porsche, because we would be satisfied. Right. So we have to, the system is set up to control and dominate us and make sure that we're unhappy and that we have this lack. And that we give our power to other people or to somebody in the sky. Exactly. So that's what we're doing. We're spending all of this money buying all of these different things, trying to catch up with the Joneses who's not satisfied, who's not happy. And that was one of the things that made me decide I need to leave. I'm caught up in a system and I'm not happy here. You know, it's not doing anything for me. And there's so much more to life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to get caught up in taking, being 80 years old, taking all these different medications for, you know, heart, heart, high blood pressure, asthma, cholesterol, all of these different things that you see in our society. So right. many of the older people are on these medications. Yeah. Well, I mean, young people are. And young people. Um, you know, my my certification is in uh, nutrition, holistic nutrition, integrative nutrition, mm-hmm. but I have expanded it to anything that nourishes mm-hmm. the body, mind, yes. body, spirit. And our, you know, people are on, <clears throat> people are on all types of medication and Diabetes is now a pandemic, mm-hmm. which is it's all over the world. Yes. You know, and especially for us. So it's just one of those things where and then you said that the liver mm-hmm. is anger yes. and the kidney is fear, fear. Right. A lot of times we have a lot of kidney disease mm-hmm. and liver disease in the black community yes. in the African community, melanated community, whatever you want to call us. And we are 
because we repress so many things and it's damaging our organs. It's damaging our body. So it's interesting. You were talking about movement and sexuality and and then the balancing of feminine Mm -hmm. and feminine and masculine energy so shout out to Tama Aziz Terwa from the womb sauna when she was when I would go sit on her pot do vaginal steaming she um did this test it was just basically you know you're standing on one leg Mm -hmm. or on the other leg to see where your energy is Mm -hmm. my energy was more in the masculine right so So I'm mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to dispel not even dispel, just recalibrate. Because mm-hmm. I needed, I need both of the energies. I just need them recalibrated so that they're more balanced. How to balance myself? So I started taking belly dance. Oh, amazing! And my teacher is Mayasa Telfair. She's amazing. I love her so much because she taught me so much about being feminine mm-hmm. just in the class. Yes. Because I mean, I can dance. I can bob my head. I could do them two steps. But when it was time to just be mm-hmm. feminine and move my body, she she would just look at me with so much pity and laugh because she was like gentle. Because <laughs> even still in that movement before, I was like, like right. a robot, right? right? So then, you know, then moving my hips and mm-hmm. all those things. When you're in a, you know, depending on your value system, when you're in them systems, mm-hmm. they tell you that's the devil. Right. They tell you you shouldn't be moving like that. Right. So then you were like, I shouldn't be moving. Even though your body, hum- you know, humanly, that's how we're made. We're made to mm-hmm. move. And then when you hear, especially people of African descent, when you hear that beat, mm-hmm. you know, you want to move. Yes. And so... I've taken her class for like a year and then she just started back up like last Sunday. So I was there. It was therapy. Mm-hmm. It was like healing for me because yes. now I'm aware. And so now even if I'm out and about, I'm more feminine. Yes. Based on the Tantra classes that I've taken and based on her teaching and Tama's teaching and all the teachers that yes. I have, Beautiful. I can go out into the world and I'm talking simple stuff. Letting somebody hold the door for me. Right. I'm a single mom. I just bust that joint open and keep it moving. Right. But, you know, mm-hmm. one of my friends was like, don't you touch that door. Didn't even <laughs> think about it. But right. now I'm like, who's going to open the door for me? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Such a beautiful process. Yes. And it's so important. The, the hip movements is so important because we hold a lot of our traumas in our hip mm-hmm. area, in our vagina area, mm-hmm. the yoni area. The ovaries, the the womb, you know, it holds a lot. So it's important to do the belly dance movement, gyrating the hips back, you know. Remember Luke Skywalker and the booty? (laughs) (laughs) It's important for us to do because we're releasing those traumas that's there too. Going back again to needing to shake, like the animals in the wild. You see cats and dogs, they're shaking, you know. Um, And so they're releasing that stuff. And so as we're releasing the hips, we're releasing those traumas that's stored in our hip area. Right. And it's essential to do. So for Tantra, um, like what are like the top three things you can tell us? Because I want to move to rebirthing. Yes. And then I want to move to expatriatism. Is that a word? (laughs) Um, So tell us like three things about Tantra, maybe three little shifts that somebody could make mm-hmm. to be, to tap more in. You, Everybody hears about mindfulness and people are getting into the yoga movement and getting to all these movements, but what yeah. can you tell people? So Tantra is, is, is so complicated to be able to explain. It's something that you have to live, you yeah. have to experience to understand. So Tantra is really about 
becoming present, focused, and, and aware of your body. Okay. Tantra is breath work. Mm-hmm. Breath is life. Breath is life. And Tantra, connection. So just to sum up Tantra, mm-hmm. <laughs> connection, breath, and just being focused, present, and aware in your body. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what does rebirthing mean? And, and, and you got certified in it, but I didn't even know that... I think I knew that was a thing, but for the listeners who don't know, it was a it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? So rebirthing is a series of breath work to really allow you to tap into other states of consciousness. Okay. Um, ha- there's people who go into past lives, see different things that they need to to heal, need to work on, and it really is just through breath work to release the traumas and blockages in your body. And when you come out of a rebirthing session, mm-hmm. you feel reborn. Okay. <laughs> so. I don't think it was rebirthing. I don't know what the name of it is. You might know the name of it, but it was when people take you into the water and they... There is a rebirthing in the water. Okay. There's water rebirthing. Okay, so I mm-hmm. think I did the water rebirthing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in Bali, yes. right? And I'm in... So um, Prandara is going to Bali in December. December. So I, I too went on a eat, love, pray, right? Mm-hmm. I went to Africa, but then I also went to Southeast Asia. And in Bali... Um, I'm just sitting, so I stayed at a woman's healing house mm-hmm. in Ubud, in Kangu, actually. And um, all women, so every morning we would get up and we would go eat breakfast in the morning. Yeah. And this lady, I had never seen her before. She was this Indian woman and she, younger than me, and she was just talking She was just talking to me. And as we started to talk, she, would t- she was telling me that she does this rebirthing. Yes. So now for those who who have followed me at all, you know that I'm adopted, right? And so I, I'm adopted and I, I'm i feeling like this nature versus nurture thing is happening. You know, I'm feeling things and I don't really have a connection to know all the things about my biological mm-hmm. family yet. And so she was just like, that doesn't matter. I can take you in the water mm-hmm. and then it'll be like going to your mom's womb again. Yes. And then you come out you know, different, right? So we get in this pool and I'm, you know, I'm in the, I'm in this pool because we couldn't get to the ocean that day. Mm -hmm. Something was going on. So we get in this pool at the whole, at our um, woman's healing house. So she's just taking me down. Now I have been claustrophobic all Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. and I'm not necessarily afraid of water, but it's not my fave. I grew up on the Jersey shore. I went to the beach all the time. You know, I took the YMCA classes, but I'm not a fish in water. Mm And so I was just like, you know, a little clunky. She was just like, trust me. I also got trust issues. Right. So I'm trying to like, this lady, she has me on my back. I'm in the water. She has my nose covered. And Mm -hmm. she keeps taking me down. And she tells me when she's going to take me down. Right. And so she said that, well, she kept telling me to relax. But I I couldn't. I Mm -hmm. couldn't. Right. So at some point. Cause now I'm a I'm a um, I'm a production manager. Mm-hmm. I was I did production for 25 years. So I'm the who, what, where, right. why, when. I got to be in control. The ego is just like then I'm a Scorpio. I'm in control. Mm-hmm. So at one point the it was kind of an overcast day. At one point the sun came out, mm-hmm. and I told myself just let it go. Like you all the way out here in in Bali, let it go. Right. right? So right at that moment she took me under. And I could see the sun come through the water and I saw my biological, I saw my maternal grandmother from Cameroon. I didn't see her face. I felt her presence. Wow. And I'm like, I'm going to break this curse. Mm -hmm. 
Beautiful. I'm going to break this whole what this whole situation that we have going on. Yes. And there's a lot of layers. And then I just came back up out of the water. Mm-hmm. Now before then, and then I felt peaceful. And so I can, my eyes were closed. I could feel the sun on my face. It had been overcast the whole time. Just for that, like three minutes, the sun came out right into my face. I'm in the water. I'm chilling. Cause before that, that lady was like, I'm about to quit you. Cause you know too much. <laughs> I know that's what she was thinking. <laughs> and then I came out and then I was just like, I knew it was for me yes. to be the one to, and, and it's not the first time I've been tasked with it. Like the, I did my DNA, I traced back to Cameroon, the ambassador of Cameroon gave me the name Goizam, mm-hmm. which is the beloved one. Beautiful. Like I'm the one mm-hmm. who is here to break up this right. And there's a lot of ish, you know right. what I'm saying? So rebirthing, I don't necessarily feel like I was rebirthed, but I felt like I was given a task. Mm. And, and so- Yes, and that could happen. And so the rebirthing that I do, I do a different technique, okay, um, which is by Leonard Orr. And so you have the rebirthing in the water, okay. and you have the one that I do, which is through breath work, which can also be done in the water. Okay. So, but I have done ovarian breathing in the water, which is very similar. There's okay. so many th- different There's things. There's so many out there. things. We, so many everybody's things. trying to heal, <laughs> right? And so, um, yeah. So with the rebirthing, uh, with the breath work that I do, that same experience could happen. Okay. Just through the breath work because your breathing is very powerful. And so what we're doing is circular breathing and there's no pauses in between. So you're taking in more oxygen than you would normally take. Okay. And so when you're you're taking in larger amounts of oxygen, it begins to change the cellular DNA, Mm. which allows you to access different states of consciousness. Okay. And so um, through it, you come out and a lot of times I'll play, um, womb sounds. Okay. And so sometimes people actually go back into their mother's womb. Well, that was what her point was. Mm -hmm. Her point was like, consider myself being back into the womb Mm -hmm. of my biological mother because I'm adopted. So go back into that space and then heal whatever happened Mm -hmm. when I was going on and whatever was going on in that womb because like you know Mm -hmm. and like you've talked about, you know, I felt every single thing that my biological mother was experiencing imprinted into my DNA. Yes. Now I'm adopted, so she wasn't going to have me. Mm-hmm. She she wasn't keeping me. So in in my mind and in the mind of many adoptees, that's rejection. Mm-hmm. So I was yes. feeling rejected for the first 10 months of my life mm-hmm. energetically before I even was born. Yes. So she took me back to there, or her intention was to take me back to there and to kind of attempt to heal mm-hmm. whatever was happening, whatever I imprinted on me from the womb. Now it didn't work. Right now, mm-hmm. I still, you know, and it's been two, three years. I don't feel like that because I still have some of those things, but that's the work that I'm doing now mm-hmm. is to release that. Yeah. So I do want to, I want to interject with, you know, when you say it didn't work. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing a lot of things and this is the whole process. And I think so many of us, we want things to happen right away. Yeah. And so a lot of times things are working within our body and even in an energetic level, but you're not necessarily you feeling know. it at right. that time. And so in the future, the culmination of all the different things that you're doing, mm-hmm. you're going to see the results of all of it. Okay. So everything is a process. So it's yeah. just trusting and knowing that you, you did everything you were supposed to do right. and nothing happens Right, because I was going to say, that lady was never at that place. She just happened to be at the pancake spot at the top of the... And we talked. Right. So, Mm -hmm. divine. And we have a saying in Brazil, nada por acaso. Nada por acaso. Nothing for any cause. So, it's like... 
everything happens for a reason, okay. you know. And so, and I know it. And so many, we 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 want to change instantly. Like I need to be healed right now, and, you know, because <laughs> you'd be tired, <laughs> tired, and it's tiring. The struggle yeah. is real. Yeah, but it's a it's a slow process, and I'm still doing my work. Right. <laughs> I'm still doing my work, but and sometimes I'm like, damn, I haven't changed. But then when I really go back and I look, mm-hmm. I'm like, I did change. Mm-hmm. I could see the difference, and I could see how I can acknowledge what I'm feeling differently. I can see how I'm more open and I'm able to make myself more vulnerable, which before I couldn't. It's scary to make yourself vulnerable. It is. And I see how... You know, and so I see the little changes, and it's it continues to be a process day by day. It is. And it's continuing to do the work, you know. So that's a lot. Everybody take a breath. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) So... Let's talk about, well, I do have a question about Tantra, mm-hmm. and then I want to go to your journey as an expat and how you experience life mm-hmm. over in Brazil okay. as an American. Yes. You know, because I've traveled, and people still know I'm American, <laughs> but I've always been welcome, so yeah. I would just like to know that. But so for Tantra, when you're doing Tantra massage, Tantric mm-hmm. massage, and then even in our class, we did energy exchange. Yes. I was, to- I was worn out. Right. Because I had never done that before. Mm-hmm. But is it true that only a male should do Tantra on a woman <laughs> on the table mm-hmm. and vice versa? So you have because of the polar. Yeah. So energies? you have different thoughts on that. Okay. So there are people who say that. I don't agree with that. I okay. do Tantric massage. I do energy work with, uh, with other women, with men, with everyone. Okay. And in my teaching, it's a mix okay. because we all have Shakti, Shiva energies. Right. Male, so male, female. female. So right. Shakti is a female energy. Mm-hmm. Shiva is the male energy. Right. And so there's some people who say, oh, it has to be a male, physical male working with a, a woman. No. Because like for me, for example, I've always had more masculine energy than female right. energy. Right. And it's always a constant work to, to balance. Mm-hmm. So if I'm working with the female, you know, it's, 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 it's still... Polar, it's still polarized. Okay. And they're getting the healing that they need. Um, so so when you go into, when you're doing tantric sex for healing, mm-hmm. the lingam is the word for penis, mm-hmm. yoni for vagina, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at, um, there's a reflexology on the penis and in the vagina. And so the points of where the um, anger is on the penis matches exactly where it is in the vagina. So when the penis is going into the vagina, the energetic points will match up and so you can do healing. Right. Um, but again, you have people who are homosexual, bisexual. You can still do the healing even if you don't have a male, female, and you want to do tantric healing sex. Gotcha. So it doesn't have to be opposite sex. Okay. There's so many different ways to heal. I'm glad you <laughs> said that. And I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that you said that because... I heard that, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like not drilled into me how I was taught, but that was just something that was put out there. Mm-hmm. But I also, one of the people who was um, a part of, not a part of the class, but a part of the sessions, said to be careful mm-hmm. because he says, like, some people just like to see you squirm on the table. Mm-hmm. And that scared the crap out of me because then I'm just like, you know, every daggone, like, mm-hmm 
little community, you always got somebody that's trying to play you out, you know? There is. And I tell people all the time, like, when you're going to do tantric work, you have to really, or any type of work for that matter, yeah. you have to interview the person. You have to make sure that they're coming from a good place because there's some people who just want to get off, get their rocks off and right. have sex. Right. You got Barney now, who's the guy that played Barney for these years. He's oh, yeah. doing tantric. Um, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, I did. And so he's one of those who's like, Oh, the, it's, uh, only a male can can heal a female, gotcha. and he does the whole tantric sex to heal people. You don't have to have sex to heal. Right. You don't. Right. There's so many different ways that you can work with the sexual energy without having tantric sex to heal. And you can have a woman, a woman who's coming who's been sexually abused, raped. She's not going to be able to accept healing from a man. She right. doesn't trust him yet. Right. So she's going to need a woman who she can feel safe right. with and open up with to do that work. And then maybe later she can go to a male right. practitioner to help right. her. But it doesn't have to be right. the opposite sex to help you. Okay. You've, you've made me feel better about that. Okay. So let's move on because we have like 10 minutes left probably, um, give or take, as far as Jessica's face says. So we, um, life as an expat, an expatriate, somebody who is from one country, but they live in another mm -hmm. country. Yes. How did you decide? What was the deciding factor that you out? And then what did your parents say in your family? <laughs> so it was so crazy because honestly, I never really decided to move and okay. live in Brazil. It was me doing this year, um, Eat, Pray, Love journey. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you know, like I said earlier, I just, um, I knew that I couldn't be in this system. I, w I wasn't fulfilled. It was just so much stress. Um, mm -hmm. Underlying, I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. um, my body was breaking down. And I remember I had this naturopathic doctor, Dr. Karen Davis. Shout out to Dr. Karen Davis. She was amazing. She was like, Renee, you can no longer go like this. Your body is shutting down. Because I had my psychotherapy all, um, practice. I worked for the Montgomery County Crisis Center overnight. And it was just mm -hmm. like doing, doing, doing. And so after reading the Eat, Pray, Love book, I decided, okay, I'm going to go do this. And when I got to Brazil, just by chance, like I just fell in love with Brazil. Okay. I fell in love with the people, the culture, how open they were, mm -hmm. and how it was so different from living here in the U.S. where people were, there was, we didn't have that repression. Mm -hmm. And so even though people struggled... And it was difficult there, and there was poverty. People knew how to have fun. Right. Okay. People would laugh, and they would open you, you know, open um um, and, um welcome you with open arms. They would invite you to their home. We would dance, and we would sing, and life was just so different. Okay. And so, Brazilians there, they would just really, they were very touchy feely, and I wasn't used to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was not used to you know touching, hugging, and all of this. And it just felt so good. Mm -hmm. And I just began to really just feel joy and happy. I mean, people would be like, well, you always looked like you were happy. Yeah, I enjoyed life, but it was just different. Right. You know, and it's just hard to explain. And so I could be stressed in Brazil, but then somebody's going to come and hug me and touch me. And they're going to talk or I could just go to the beach. Right. And I could relax. And the, the culture there is that of healing. Mm -hmm. So I do so much healing work. I can go and do meditation. I can go and do yoga. I can do acupuncture. And it's, 
it's in my time. Whereas when I lived here, we didn't have I didn't have time to do my self care right. work. Right. You're working and that's the focus. Or you're sitting in traffic. <laughs> right. Or you're sitting in traffic. Right. You know, and you're stressed out. Right. You know? So it's interesting because the week I went to Kemet mm-hmm. for two weeks in twenty sixteen and I went the I went on a Saturday, but the Friday was when um the, the two gentlemen, got, uh, people got shot on mm-hmm. TV, like mm-hmm. on Facebook. I right. can't think of the names. Or uh, Philando Castile was mm-hmm. one and somebody else was another. But they happened one on a Friday, one on a Saturday, or one on a Thursday, one on a Friday. Oh, and then the Dallas shooting where they tried to say the African-American dude was the one who shot at the cops. Who knows if mm-hmm. he really did or not. So everything was going crazy, right? Right. So we fly to Kemet. And it's just like, <sighs> mm-hmm. it was peaceful. Yes. And we went there to what they call have a cometamorphosis. Shout out to Tony Browder, you know, to have a to change our minds to to be able to relax and breathe. Yes. And I just disconnected from that. I you know I don't really watch TV that much anyway, but I disconnected from all the energy of the mm-hmm. U.S. because I just needed to preserve my peace of mind. Yes. Because I was pissed off. I was sad. I mean, Mike Brown and all that stuff had already happened. These were just the next two. Um, and so I remember just being there and everybody being so welcoming. Yes. You know, they called me cousin. They were calling me Queen Latifah. They were like, <laughs> Obama. You know, they were just so just nice. And you that's know? what they do in Brazil. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like, and, and the little kids on the street, they're like, auntie. You know, they call you auntie. I don't know this little kid, but he's right. like, auntie. You know? Right. And it's, it's that familial connection. And you feel like you live in a community. Right. You know, and so everyone would know would know me by name, and you know my last place that I lived in Maryland, I didn't even know my neighbors. Names. I don't even know mine now. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like we knew each other. Right. You know, we supported each other, and so if I needed something, I knew you know they would come and they would help. I would go. I could help my neighbors. We would have dinner together sometimes. Right. And it was just beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. And as an expat. You know, we're privileged, unfortunately, for, for the Brazilians. But, right. you know, and it's it's hard to be in that. Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm really privileged. And living in a state, you don't, I don't feel that at all. Right. You know, but it is a reality. Because I'm an American in Brazil, um, I'm going to get special treatment. Mm-hmm. And so... And I feel bad for the natives, mm-hmm. you know, but like if I go to the doctor, the doctor hears that I'm American. So they're going to make sure they're doing everything the best that they can, right. you, you know? And right. so, you know, so that's another thing that you have. Um, and also the expats, we also connect with other expats. Yeah. And so the expat community tends to be very strong. And when mm-hmm. I lived in Salvador, uh, who I'm actually staying with now, it's one of the ladies that I met okay. in Salvador. Okay. And that's like one of my girls. We had this bond. Right. It was a bunch of us sisters together who, you know, sometimes we didn't know when we were going to have food on our table because right. we were struggling too, right. you know, right. in that sense. But we were there for each other and we supported each other. And... And this group of sisters, one year we got married together. We married ourselves. But we traveled to this, um, an hour away, like this island, and we were at the beach, and we did these little ceremonies where we married ourselves, and we did it together. And it was just so beautiful. And it's 
it's that connection that you have when you when you live there right. with the other expats with the you know with the people of that country right they really so Chiang Mai you've been to Chiang Mai and Chiang that's Mai. in Thailand yes. they have the black packers yes and so my girlfriend Kidra shout out to Sora Kidra she's a part of the black packers and so they have their own community and it's they Sunday do their dinners. own thing and Sunday dinners. I went. Yes. <laughs> what is it? The, the trap house or something like that. And yes. the girls are from DC. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, you know, the world is, is very small we're a global society, but we're small, especially the internet changed the whole yes. game. It just brings us in closer. And so that is something to consider. You know, there are a lot of people who are mm-hmm. doing it. I think Ghana was a place that people went in the sixties and the seventies. Um, Asia and other places are mm-hmm. where people are going now, mm-hmm. but you know you don't have to stay, right? You know right. I know I don't have to stay. I'm just mm-hmm. lining myself up, right? To, to and be I think able that's to... the thing. So many people are afraid mm-hmm. of leaving. They think, how am I going to support myself? How am I going to do? But it really is. You are able to support yourself, mm-hmm. and most people who are American and they live in another country, they start off teaching English. Okay. And it's really easy to make money, to, you know, have your income, because everybody wants to learn English. Right. And then once you start learning that language, you can start doing your work. And so in the beginning, I was teaching English. And then once okay. I started, I learned Portuguese, I started doing my healing work as a Reiki master. Okay. Now I teach Tantra there, you know, do okay. Tantra massage, do my psychotherapy. So, and it's easy because it's like, you're kind of out of the system. Right. <laughs> and I'm so off the grid now. It's right. just like... I need to be off the grid. And it's so beautiful. It's so amazing to be off the grid. I'm coming to visit, Renee. Come. April. April, I'm trying so to come. April, we so, April, we have our... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. So, April, we have the Sacred Sisters Soul Retreat okay. for women of color. And I do that specifically because Brazil is a magical place. It's a healing place. Okay. And just so many synchronicities happen. And it's just so, so what beautiful. y'all gonna do? Oh, girl, we gonna do. <laughs> we do. We do we a lot minutes. of work. Three minutes. Yes. Okay, so really quick. We do a lot of work for women of color to release the traumas, the blockages that's in. We do wear different exercises. We do belly dance. We're moving the hips. Okay. We look, we connect. We do self-exploration to connect to your body. You know, so it's really important that women of color do this work to release those traumas. Mm-hmm. So come in April, this year, next year is going to be April 4th to the 12th, okay. 2020. We also have in August, August is for men and women, okay. where we focus more on learning how to build intimacy and connections within yourself, but also within partners, okay. within other people. And in August, is going to be August 1st to the 8th, 2020. Okay, so... Sacred Sisters Soul Retreat on IG mm-hmm. is what I put. So you guys can go to Instagram and check out Prandara's uh, information there. Mm-hmm. Sign up. I'm going. I'm yes. going. I just put it out there. Now I gotta now I gotta Ashe. have a little orgasm so I can manifest. Yes, my, yes, <laughs> my money. Yes, <laughs> and masturbating. Then, Sacred yes. Sisters Soul Retreat. Sacred Sisters. Yeah. Ah! Yep, yep, yep. And so it is. And then I'll be there, right? <laughs> so we crack a Jessica up, and then Prandara Prem. That yes. now, how did you get that name? That was my initiation um, wow. in my Tantra commune that I lived. And Prandara Prem means to go with the flow of love and life. To go with the flow. Okay, I'm learning that. And we did that today because our technicals were messed up, but we did it. So we got a treat. She will be back 
for another episode yes. with her partner yes. to talk about the retreat. So we'll talk about that at another time. So stay tuned to the sanctuary. We have just like about one minute left. So thank you for joining me. I'm so grateful that you came. Thank you for having me. I Please look her up. Look her up and learn more about Tantra and learn more about ways to just be and be in your body and be... Um, connected and things like that. It, it can change your life. It totally changed my life. And then I also want to remind you that my book is on sale at Wendy Cherry forward slash book. And it really is about my journey. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I do all these, this is my 41st episode of the sanctuary radio show, but it kind of like talks about all the experiences that brought me to this yes. point. So please check it out. And then we will see you next time in the sanctuary. Thank you for joining us. Please share. Please like. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Sanctuary. Please follow us at Awaken and Heal on Instagram and on the web at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution.